Yo, yo, yo. Hey, what's up? All right, I'm live. Let me start sending out some invites. How's everybody doing? Hold on, hold on. Let me send this to the group. I just got off a, another call um, for a program that I'm on. You guys just let me know if you can hear me. I'm going to start sending out some invites to my guests. Hopefully she's able to make it on. And let's just get to rambling and stumbling and bumbling and doing all that good stuff. So I hope everybody's okay. I hope everybody's feeling okay. Wondering woman, how's it going? I'm going to send out some invites. So I actually, hey, hey, I just got off um, <coughs> of this call for this MBA program that I just started. Hold on, let me get my notebook. And all right, I hope you guys can hear me and I hope that I'm able to convey what I want to convey because it's been pretty interesting little um, it's been pretty interesting since the last time we talked so since the last time we've talked I've gained an affinity for Brazilian jiu-jitsu I'm training out of Gracie Baja off West Chase starting this this week very awesome what's going on this week it would be week three. It would be week three of my training. And what's interesting about Gracie Baja Jiu-Jitsu, I hope I'm saying it correctly, and somebody will probably let me know if I'm not, is they go in weeks <clears throat> for the fundamental class, weeks one through 16, where they go through the basics. They show you, it's broken down into like class A, class B, and then there's like a self-defense portion of it. And I learn, I'm learning something about myself and watching it. So the type of learner that I am, and I don't, and if you guys can't hear me, somebody let me know. The type of learner that I am, I realize that when somebody's teaching me something kinetic with my hands, I zone out, right? Completely zone out and start doodling and looking to the sky because I know that I don't learn that way. I'm the type of person that I have to, I don't know, I, I kind of like, when it's something to do with my hands, I have to watch it step by step and write down the steps first. And maybe it's because I like to read so much. I don't know. But I have to write down the steps step by step and then play them out step by step before I'm able to actually commit them to memory. Why? Don't know. That's just the way I am. But I've come to accept it. But what's great about jujitsu is that's actually perfect for me because they have a ton of videos. Um, so right now I'll be going over scissor sweeps, pulling the clothes guard, and the arm bar from the ground. So pretty excited about that. Yesterday, what did I do yesterday? I got my hair done. You know, I've also realized there's not really a masculine way to say that um, you got your hair done. Like, I got my hair did. Oh, 
Yep, you know what? My homeboy just told me to shoot the link. I'm shooting it to you right now. Um, there's really no masculine way to tell to say that you got your hair did or done. Um, as you can see, the name of this show, I know I'm cute, thank you. Um, the name of this particular show is Tame Thy Tongue for a number of reasons. So in the NBA program that I started, and yes, you can tell I'm pretty proud of it because I keep referring back to it. They had us do this thing called a Winslow assessment. And basically, it's your personality traits. The broke nurse. <laughs> it's your personality traits broken down in different groups, four different groups, interpersonal traits, organizational traits, dedication traits, and self-control traits. And what was the most interesting about my Winslow compared to some of my um, other cohorts is things, there was no in-between. It was either wildly to the right or wildly to the left. And in-between, they have these things called um, interrelatable traits. So let's see how to explain it. Okay, I'll give you a good example. I scored a, a 10 on flexibility and creativity, but I scored a 2 in self-control, right? And I also scored a 2 in coachability. Well, coachability and control, wait, and also I scored a, I scored a 10 on boldness, right? So if my coachability is already a 2, if you add in a boldness of 10, that might actually make my coachability a 1. I also scored a 10 on assertiveness, a 9 on endurance, endurance being the mental fortitude to push through and uh, to succeed at something, even though my ambition is only a five, which I can believe. My leadership is a six, but once again, you add in assertiveness and boldness that obviously pushes it up. Composure, how well I do under stress, 10, not surprised. Tough-mindedness, a nine, not surprised. Autonomy, how much I like to be free a 10. Contentment, how pleased I am with my life, a three. Once again, not surprised, I like a lot of change all the time. Alertness, an eight, which basically means my mental acumen, how smart I am and how my ability to um, gain and retain knowledge. Sociability, an eight, how social I am. If anybody on the call knows me, you know that's accurate. Um, exhibition, how out there I am, nine. This one was, now this one was interesting. Trust. It was a two. I don't trust nobody. So like according to this test. So it was, it was really interesting. But in saying all these things, it led me in today's topic, which is taming of thy tongue. Because I've started to realize that I react. If somebody says something to me that I don't like, I react to it. I don't like, you know, you, anybody in the corporate role, you, you get that email from somebody that's real passive aggressive and you just want to like, Oh, okay. Mom, this is what we're doing. And then you start to type in a way, clickety clackety. Well, I'm trying to get better with that. And in addition to not only taming what's going out of my mouth, 
I'm reclaiming what's never mind. I'm not gonna say it because some of y'all are perverted. But I'm trying to once again be more mindful of what I eat, going back to intermittent fasting, which is really good as far as glucose control and controlling the ups and downs of your body. So really that's and my guest just called in. She has some issue with her her uh, her kids which is cool. That's no nothing to worry about because I'm the one that pushed back the time. So it'll be all right. But so I'm really going back to working on what I eat and what I say because at the end of the day, even if you don't have control over any, and you guys can call in if you want, even if you don't have any control over anything else in your life, no matter what anybody says, you actually have control of both of those two things. You don't want to allow people to have the ability to press your buttons, right? So in saying all that, I've been practicing something called emotional regulation. My wife sent this to me, and I'll send it to you. And I'll not send it to you guys. I'll explain it to you guys. So something happens to you. The first thing you need to do is identify the emotion. Start to ask yourself, what is it that I'm feeling right now? For example, somebody cut you off in traffic. Sit down for a second and say, I'm pissed off. Well, why exactly am I pissed off? The next thing, well, not why am I pissed off, just what emotion am I feeling? Boom, target that first. The next thing you want to do is witness. And what I mean by witness, how you immediately react to situations when you feel nervous, anxious or overwhelmed by guilt or judgment. I'm sorry. So when you get angry and they teach you this in Sama, but forget about Sama. So when you get angry or any of those other things, what I would want you to do and what I'm actively practicing is to not react and to sit with the emotion and really just, hey, Bobby, and really just pay attention to how you feel when that emotion kicks in. Uh, there's a book I talked about last time called The Body Keeps the Score. Really good book. And it really hits on these topics. And this is what they talk about. Is my heart beating faster? Are my palms sweaty? It, and that works in two different ways, right? Because once you identify how you physically feel when an emotion hits, you can now realize that it's a cue. And what I mean by that is, Say you get in an argument with your spouse. If you start to cue in on your emotions, you're like, wait a second. My palms are getting sweaty again. My heart's beating fast. And even though this person asked me, am I mad? And I said, no. All the bodily cues that I've been identifying over the last month are telling me different. Well, why is that? So the next thing, after identify, after witness, the next one is pause. Learn to pause before going into an automatic reaction. Deep breathing helps. Now, this is really an important thing to do. If you guys can hear me or can't hear me, let me know. This is an incredibly, incredibly important and powerful thing to do for people who have been in bad relationships. And you're like, why? Well, excuse me for eating. Being in a bad relationship, if you look at the clinical definition, is a form of PTSD, especially, excuse me, 
if you've been in a number of them. Because after just like really sitting with myself, really, really just sitting with myself and thinking back to some of the relationships, not just ones that are, say, romantic, but even some friendships where I was taken advantage of. I used to always ask the question, why are people doing me this way? But now after some reflection, I realized this entire time I was asking the wrong question. The right question to ask was, why was I allowing myself to be treated this way? Because in reality, people can only do something to you once. And it's not about getting played that makes you get played. It's how you react to getting played. You could beat me out of 100, 150, 200,000, whatever. I just won't give you any more. But back to what I was saying. So Tony Tone, what's going on? So a lot of times when you're somebody who's been in a number, a series of bad relationships, if something happens, and this goes back to the point about PTSD, if something happens in your current relationship that mimics, looks like, something that happened to the in the past, you react, right? And, and it's akin to seeing a dog, whether it's a Doberman or a little Shih Tzu. Well, it's a dog and they're showing their teeth. And what people don't realize when you've had these number of poor relationships, you overreact. You re- overreact so bad that you don't realize that after dealing, that you become the toxic person. No, and you know, I, I wrote down earlier last year when I was going through a lot of struggles that nobody wants to see that they're the bad guy in the movie. Like, we always, excuse me, justify our actions and say why it's okay. And that's why keeping a journal is so important because sometimes when you write down the things that you've done doing or in the process of doing, you realize that somehow, somewhere along the way, in fighting these monsters, in fighting the opposition, you've changed yourself. You've turned yourself. But we'll get back to that. So identify the emotion. What is it that I'm feeling right now? Witness the emotion. How you feel when it when it's happening. I can tell the difference between I'm actively journaling and I don't. It's a powerful tool. Um, I had a buddy of mine that I was talking to about journaling. And I, the way that I consider journaling, I call it the invisible audience, right? So a lot of times, especially when you're younger, you make decisions based off how you feel this invisible audience of people is going to react. People that you can't even quantify, right? And, and this is what you do. It's a really odd thing. You'll go to make a decision, whatever it is. I don't know. Make a decision at work, right? And you'll hesitate because you'll be like, I wonder what people are going to say about it. The interesting thing is, You don't have any particular people in mind. And when I thought about that, I'm like, what? And then I dug a little bit deeper into the thought. And then I started to realize I was worried 
what people that didn't like me were going to say about the decision I made. And I think everybody, if they're being honest, can say the same. Because the people that you support, that support you, you don't really, unless you're doing something crazy, you don't really think about, you don't really think about what the people that you care about are going to say. You're concerned about what the people that are going to talk about you anyway are going to say, which is retarded. So going back to the journal entry, that's when you are writing in a journal and being 100% honest, well, now that invisible audience is yourself. You get to see your actions with if you're, once again, I, I had the same issue, wondering woman, not being 100% honest. And you know, you're, we're really good at lying to herself. But if you can be brave enough to write down in your journal what you're actually feeling, like if you actually write it down and you put it out there for yourself to witness what you're not only doing, but what you're actually thinking, it's tough. It's really, it's a really difficult thing to do to be honest with self. So let's keep going. Identify emotions, witness, pause. And there's the next one. And this is the one most of us struggle with, especially those of us with a hot-headed streak. After you pause, witness how the emotions pass, passes. Strong emotions come and go all day long. We don't need to react to each emotion. And that's something, and I thought about this, and this is specifically for black men. Who teaches us how to regulate emotions and show them outside of anger? And the way that we're taught, for those who don't know, the way that a black man is taught to express anger is quick, fast, and brutal. You're supposed to jump right to anger. Because if you don't, you're seen as something else. Not as masculine. I don't know about other people. I can't speak to other people's um, upbringings. But, Sir Eli, what's going on? That's not the way to operate. Because if you do that, if you react to every emotion that somebody puts in front of you, you'll be re you'll be reacting all day. When a person of power realizes that in controlling your emotions and can and once you realize that if you don't allow anybody to dictate how you respond to an action, well then you have all the power. You have cuz you have control of self. They might call you whatever, but having the, and just, and you can just see it. Like if you see two people arguing and one person's just going nuts and flailing their hands and the other person's just sitting there cool and calm, who do you perceive to be in control from the outside looking in? And this is the, and going on. So identify emotions, witness, pause, let it pass. And the last step, step stop self-shaming. People who struggle to regulate their emotions tend to be very harsh or critical, as a parent was, and that's in parentheses, 
to themselves. So the mantra is, I can handle difficult emotions. I am strong and proud of me. And that kind of goes back into that previous one. And this is a statement that I hate. I've stopped using it because I believe it's a condescending statement. When you tell somebody your issue, right? I'm eating because I got to eat. When you tell somebody your issue and they don't agree with how you handle it, even though it's your life, what is the most patronizing oh, excuse me, and condescending thing somebody can say? Oh, you better than me. I hate that statement because they're, they're really making you feel less than. And once again, it's usually surrounding the fact that if I was basically what that is alluding to is if I was you, I would have responded with violence. That's nine times out of 10 or cursing at somebody or doing something emotionally driven. That is generally what that statement means. Correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, you could, but I wouldn't really care. Um, so that's it. That's really what I've been really trying to do, practicing, regulating letting emotions come because what I've come and just pass through because what I've traditionally done, which has been really bad, I guess that didn't sound too technical, is really just um instead of letting emotion pass through, what I would historically do is lie to myself, tell me that the thing that was occurring didn't bother me, and I would shove it down. Right? Shove it just way down. And the thing about shoving stuff like that down is, and I can tell anybody on this call, it is going to re-manifest in a different way. Almost to the point, and for my medical professionals out there, you can agree, it can even come out as a physical symptom. But that's a whole different podcast for a whole different time. Let's switch subjects because, you know, that's something that I like to do. Going back to jujitsu. So I had taken a break from work. I'm walking around. I'm walking to Walmart. It's pretty far away. Maybe a mile from my job. But, you know, I'm trying to just shake off that mid-afternoon slump. I'm walking over there. I'm going over some moves that I got for next week. Well, and going over the moves for next week... I sit there and I'm just like, dang, why did I stop doing this as a kid? I really like this. And then instead of just letting that thought pass, I sat there for a second and processed it. And then I started realizing that even though I'd always liked it, I started letting life get in the way. I started thinking about other things, girls. And doing other things, right? And that's when the meaning of life hit me. Boom. So the meaning of life is that you have to agree to your purpose. You have to agree to it. Because we all know what it is, right? But the difference is agreeing to it. And saying, yeah, this is what I am. Not what I want, what I need. This is what I am. Like for me, I've always been 
an orator. I always liked to speak. When I was in fifth grade, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I've always been an athlete. I've always wanted to fight. Those things have never changed. And when I was explaining this to my wife, I even said this. There's not a person on the planet, and I'm willing to accept the challenge, that hasn't uttered these words. Yeah, I used to like doing X as a kid. I don't know why I stopped. Everybody. You have that thing that you liked. I didn't say you were good at it, that you just liked doing. And somewhere along the road, you just stopped doing it. Well, your soul will always be uneasy if you don't agree to your life's purpose. It's always going to be out of whack. You're always going to be searching for an answer that you already have. I was talking to a friend of mine um, from the Qualified Podcast. Me and my brother did a podcast two weeks ago about our fathers. And we were talking about hierarchies, right? And he said something to the effect of like, you know, the hierarchies are there. Some people are on top. Some people are on bottom. And to a degree... I get it because society needs, you need a king, you need a trash man, so on and so forth. But this was my counter to that. I believe that everybody has something that they're a master at. The difference between regular people and those who excel it's a simple one. The people that excel, all they simply do is agree to it. That's it. The common person, 98% of the human population, even though they know what their soul's task is, they don't agree to it. They think it's bigger than who they are or who they ever could be. So they never they just stop it. But you got this small segment of people who agree to what is their soul's journey. Jerry Rice, he was slower than everybody. He was very slow when it came to football terms. Tom Brady, six round draft pick. Six, think about that. Tom Brady, it's simply a that's the only separation. Because once you make that agreement with yourself that this is who I am, it changes things. It changes things a lot. Like for me, I went out this year for the first time in a very long time, and I bought two things, a notebook and a planner. And in the notebook and planner, I've been making schedules, writing things out, and when I write these things out, all of a sudden, the task doesn't seem overwhelming. I realize what I want to do. For example, I've determined, and even though I'm told not to do this, but it's just how I am, that I would like to be a blue belt in jujitsu in two to three years, right? Well, here's the thing. Why is writing it down an important and powerful piece? Because my dad used to tell me this shit, excuse my language, all the time. 
And I thought he was just being hokey. Well, this is why. Because it appeals to the invisible audience, right? Which is yourself. And when you write it down, well, then it puts your brain to work. And I was even thinking about this, but I'll, I'll come back to it. It puts your brain to work. If you tell you, if you write down, I want to be, and it has to be quantifiable and measurable, smart goals, what they call it. I want to be a, 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 blue, a blue belt in two years. Well, all of a sudden that changes things. Well, how do you do it? Well, I guess I'd have to go to the gym more often and I'd have to eat better. And maybe I have to talk to the coach and maybe I'd have to watch videos and get better as opposed to, I just want to get good at jujitsu or I just want to be a white belt at jujitsu forever. Cause that guy can do everything. So red, what's going on? So that guy can do anything. If you don't write down your goals, it does a couple of things. It doesn't make them real. And then be, and it, it it helps you not be overwhelmed by them because then, because just saying that I want to be a blue belt can seem overwhelming, but then I can, but writing down what I believe are the steps, the measurables to become that thing, it changes it. Um, I don't know how to say that. Vizyash Yashish has joined. It changes so much. Just, um, just writing down what you want and honestly writing it down. I started reading this book. Hey, what's going on, Rad? How you doing, brother? I'm all right. Just just spilling a little bit, letting people know what's going on in my life. I hear you. Yeah. So I hear you. Book. You might put yourself on mute for me for one second, sir. And I'll make this last point that I'll definitely let you get to it so there we go so i just finished reading this book and then i'm gonna let rad hop on uh i think it's thinking grow rich by napoleon hill i read a couple of his books and it asks you to do a, this this task and i'll read it out to you and it's it's in this it's goals of things i want to do so this is how it's read I would like, and you make up the number, I said $500,000 in the next four years in my bank account. I will give my time to podcasting, speaking engagements, t-shirts, and artwork. I already have the money. By the first day of January 2027, I will have in my possession $500,000, which will come to me in various, various times during the interim. In return for this money, I will give the most efficient service of which I am capable of rendering. The fullest possible quantity and best possible quality of service in the capacity of sales of my artwork, my podcasts, speaking engagements, and t-shirts. I believe that I will have this money in my possession. My faith is so strong that I can see this money before my eyes. I can touch it with my hands. I'm only waiting its transfer. And I'm going to unmute you. Oh, wait, I can't unmute you. See if you can unmute yourself. And the reason why this is so powerful, the moment, I might have to disconnect you and call back. I don't know why it won't let me unmute you. The moment that I wrote this down, like literally the moment, my brain got to work. My brain got to work. Um, call back in, Rad. My brain got to work. 
and started saying, well, how can I make this happen? And that had never, I mean, like I actually started thinking about how would I make $500,000 in four years from those things? I don't know the answer. I just wrote this down today, but it set my brain into motion. And that's when it started to make me really realize if you center your brain around bullshit, negativity, Hey, what's up, man? Bullshit, negativity. Your brain is task-oriented. It can only focus on what you give it. It can only solve what you give it to solve. For example, I tell people all the time, there's a direct, there's a direct, can, you can see a line from when I met my wife, success-wise, to where I'm at now. Would I have gotten there by myself? Probably. But here's the thing, and this is why I'm saying why it's so powerful for people to get married, especially young men. When you're young, when you're a man, you spend so much time chasing ass. A lot of it. So much of it is ridiculous. Well, what if you took that off the table? Where does that energy go? It doesn't have really any choice but to go to success. Because think about it. If all you're sitting there thinking about if all you're sitting there thinking about is booty, 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 you'll get just that. Why else? What else would you? That's all your brain is tasked to do. Darius, if you to call in and speak, you do need headphones. Sometimes it requires that. Try calling in again. Anybody in the lines are open. That was the end of my rant. They didn't. No, I didn't mean to call in. All right, you trash. Very awesome. How's it going? Check, check, and check, check. One, two. What it do? What's going on, man? Nothing much. Rad, are you there? Rad's calling in. We got a full house. No. There he is. So, I got disconnected. I don't know what happened. No, no. So I put you on mute. Oh. For some reason, the way that this works. When you put you or somebody on mute, it doesn't give you an option to unmute, only disconnect. Ah. So, in case you guys didn't hear, the topic of today is taming thy tongue. Really working on emotional regulation. Ah. Really trying to tap in to who you are, not who you perceive yourself to currently be. If somebody has a TV on, could you turn it down just a little bit? That's probably me. Okay. I, uh, it, it's today Sunday, and uh, Sundays I always return my son to his mother's house. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm actually driving back from doing that, uh, mm-hmm. and I, uh, that's why I was a little late coming to the, to the podcast, because no I was words. dropping him off and saying my goodbyes. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's funny, taming your tongue. That's a, that's a hard thing for me, bro. Right. That's, it's something that I've had to learn how to do as I've gotten older. I've gotten a lot better at it, mind you. But uh, it's definitely one of my shortcomings in life is watching my mouth. You know, it's important. What have you been doing true. to work on that? Well, um, to, to work on that, one thing is you have to acknowledge that your tongue is a problem. You know what I mean? Sometimes people feel, you know, and you'll, you'll meet people in life that feel like their opinion is needed everywhere. You know, that's, that was definitely me in my younger years. I felt like everybody needed to know what I thought about things. 
You know what I mean? And that's something that like I've genuinely had to work on uh, as I've gotten older. It's just not everybody really cares. Even if you're right, even if you know in your heart of hearts, you're right. Not everybody cares what you think. And like I take that I used to take that personally. I didn't realize, you know, it, it, as an older man, I realized that it isn't, you know, always personal. Sometimes people just believe as they believe. And they're, you know, they're going to they're going to believe what they believe, regardless of what you have to say about it. You know, well, and that's one of those things that like I've, I, I've definitely had to, you know, and not even uh, in a, an advisory situation. You know, sometimes just, you know, it's better not to say something, even though you feel like you should, which is another you know hard lesson that I picked up early in life, you know, uh, especially like I said, like dealing with uh, my son's mother reason me and have such a good relationship is because I learned how to shut up, you know, I learned how to just, you know, uh, I'm happy for you in your life, you know, I don't need to chime in on anything, that kind of a thing, and it's gotten, you know, gotten to the point now that me and her, were very good, because we respect each other's boundaries as people, and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, you know, uh, we, we definitely support each other, you know, to the best of our abilities, but we just, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm Maldi. I'm Puerto Rican. I do a lot of talking, you know. I do more talking than your average bear probably, but I've learned to just kind of put my opinion where it's asked, you know. And it's been very helpful for me. So the thing about that and why it's so important and what a lot of people don't realize is that nobody likes unsolicited advice, that oh I'm just giving this person my opinion yeah but did they ask you for it and if they didn't ask you for it I have now realized that the only time that I'm going to give my opinion if it's unasked if it's a life or death situation like I'm uh, some way to regulate the sound Tony can you put yourself on mute there's a lot of background noise from your oh yeah hold on a second how do I do that uh, I'm not sure there. Well, here, uh, you can drop me off for a second. I'll stay on one. Yeah, well, let me see if I can put you on mute, and let's see if it actually allows me to bring you back. Um, bottom right. Uh, let me try that again. It would me. It's really weird. It, it it allowed me to mute people, but it won't let me like bring them back. Yeah, it's just odd. I, I, maybe it's because I'm doing it from my iPad, but we'll figure all that stuff out. Uh, one day, near future, and, and I don't know what the hell is wrong with it. Anyway, um, I'm always a quiet guy. That's just how I am. How's that? Does it sound a little bit better? I can turn myself up. I have the power to do so. Um, nobody likes unsolicited advice. Nobody on the planet, even if you're coming from a place of good intentions, of what you perceive to be good intentions. If they don't want to hear, if they're not ready to receive what you have to say, they're going to get mad with you. So the only time I give anybody advice, as of right now, they have to ask me. And I'll even double down. Somebody says, hey, what do you think? Do you really want to know? Yes, I really want to know. Okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah, I am. At that point, I can, I'm okay with being brutally honest. But if somebody's telling me an issue about their relationships, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to listen. Unless they tell me, I don't know, 
uh, she was about to shoot me last night. I'm like, whoa there, chief. Hold on now. That's dangerous. But if it, even if it's like to where you're about to lose a great deal of money, that's not, not that it's not my issue. You didn't ask me. So, because let me tell you something, especially with relationships, I've had this happen to me a new, so many times. It's really, really aggravating. Person A comes to me with an issue that they're having. Me, with my poor tongue taming, I tell them, yeah, man, fuck them. Right? I say, fuck them. Well, then what do they do? They go back to person B, significant other, and be like, yeah, Donaldson said, fuck them. And then these two fools stay together. Broken nurse, what's going on? What's going on, man? Yeah, nothing much. What's going on with you, man? Uh, just walked off the unit for a little bit. Okay, anything to talk about with this particular topic? Uh, I'm listening to you, and we talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, the unsolicited advice is yeah, a no-go. I don't give it. It's, it's always no-go, a no-go. Man. Because it never goes anywhere. Not never, never. They want they low key people when they quote want advice, mm-hmm. they want like the unadulterated truth. They just want to hear their truth. They want to hear what makes so. them feel good. Yep. Whatever helps them give up. How you doing today? All right. You know the way out. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, they just they want uh, affirmation. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not tripping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, she's an absolute bitch. Like, then next week, they'll be back good, and it's like, you're the bad guy. So, No, you are the bad guy. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're the bad guy. And now, the person's so embarrassed by what they've shared with you, mm-hmm. with their partner, now they don't talk to you anymore either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've accomplished mm-hmm. nothing. And you think, well, I just told him what the... You didn't say, you didn't fix shit. You didn't fix no. anything. In, that? You know what? Um, that's why, you know, I was actually thinking about this the other day about advice. And I think I was talking to my mother about that. And, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I joked with her cause you know, I was telling her, you know, I, f- I forgot the situation, but even more times than none, I know people are going to come to me for advice and you know, me, no matter what I do, I'm kind of at a, you know, kind of at odds. So I give them my advice and I let them know that you made the decision to take my advice. I didn't say, and I always try to make sure that I let them know that that might not work out for you or, you know what I'm saying? And and more times than none now, especially in my older age, I tell them um, what they need to hear instead of what they want to hear anyway. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, it, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and cut to the chase. I'm so that I'm blameless. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if they're going to go do and do something against what I'm saying, um, anyway, at least I told them the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I will only give it that advice if asked. It's just it's blown up in my face. She knows her man. Yeah. Most of the times, people know exactly who their partner is. And regular, you know, friendships. And I tell people all the time, if you're really being honest with self and really paying attention to a person and how they move, there's really no surprise there. There's really not like I get. I gave this example to my wife yesterday. If you saw DMX 
if you heard, if you had a five minute clip of each of these individuals, five minute clip of DMX, a five minute clip of Barack Obama, and I just said, okay, who do you think of these two individuals has the most baby mama? It would it really be a surprise if I said which one of these two guys has gone to jail? Would it really be a surprise? And because what I've started to realize, I mean, when I really sat down there and think about it, the line between a good woman and a bad woman is big as fuck. It's huge line. It's not like it's a secret. You know, people don't hide who they are really well. Like, when I really sat back and looked at some of my previous relationships, all the flags were there. Everything, even down to their associations. Um, Somebody that I know was telling me about a friend of his. His current woman has an affiliation with some very uh, interesting women. And if you know like I know, you can tell a lot by people's friendships, especially women. Because guys are a little bit different, right? You could have a politician, a pastor, and a pimp. Could be all be best friends. But for women, I see it's a little bit different. And what I mean by that is women don't like being associated with certain women because it feels like they'll tarnish their image. Um, so you should really look at the group of friends that the person has because and hear how they deal with difficult situations and what they'll allow and what they think is okay. I'm talking to the guys because what somebody thinks is okay for somebody else, they're going to think it's okay to do it to you. Absolutely. Uh, Oh yeah. And you know, that, that goes to saying when people tell you who they are, believe them. So, and this is off men or women. This is general. When you run into somebody that's a gossip, that's a thief, that's a gossip, that's a thief, I can guarantee you that given enough time, it's going to be you that they're gossiping about. It's going to be you that they're stealing. Because the way that, and this has happened time and time again. You know, you're running to somebody and they'll tell you, let me put you on mute, Chris. And they'll tell you, oh, my ex was so-and-so. They were horrible. They were crazy. They were this. They were that. And you're like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this person would treat you this way, right? And then you get into the relationship a little bit more. Things start coming out. And then you start acting erratic. And the reason that you're acting erratic is because of this person's behavior. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, the things that they said about the other person, they start saying about you. Oh, you're controlling. And going back to that controlling thing, maybe two relationships previous before I met my wife, I had women tell me I was controlling. And I didn't get it. Because if you know me, that's far off from me. I'm real chill. Maybe too chill. But for the most part, do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we're cool. But then I started to realize what the problem was. It wasn't that I was controlling them. I was controlling self. Example. Hey, Donaldson, I'm going to slap you. That's fine. If you slap me, 
I'm going to knee you in the chin hard. Oh, that's wrong. Well, no, I'm, t- I'm not telling you that you can't slap me. I'm telling you there is a consequence to what you do, i.e., you want to have a bunch of male friends. Hmm. I don't date women with male friends, a bunch of them. Oh, that's messed up. Okay, that's fine. And I'm not even telling you that you can't. Ha- you can have as many as you want. But what I am telling you is I'll never take you serious. All that, whatever. This is this is me. People will tell you all kinds of stuff in an attempt to gaslight you into doing what they want you to do. One of the things, you know, one of the funny things that I remember is somebody told me, and when I figured this out, like you know that thing. Well, a real man would do X, X, and X. And then one day I was like. Why is it when somebody says a real man would do X, X, and X, you're trying to convince me to do something I don't want to do? That was one of them aha moments when I realized you get to make the decisions that you want to make and be who you want to be. So the people that I put on mute, I don't know how to unmute you, so I'm going to disconnect you. But call back in. I've done my spiel, and I'll leave it open. You guys can talk about taming of the tongue you guys can talk about your soul's purpose so very awesome if you have anything to say do you know what yours is do you know what you feel that you were put on this earth to do if money didn't exist call in talk to me holla at me rad you well, back uh, I'm going to say this uh as, about, uh, as far as like what you're saying about uh, the gaslighting and people trying to get you to do stuff, I agree with that. You know, um, I feel like I'm I, I'm glad that I'm an older man in this day and age now. You know what I mean? I feel bad for my son who is going to be 13 this year and him having to be, you know become a man in this environment because I feel like manipulation has become... Uh, part of the deal you know what I mean like if you look at the uh, you know I, uh, I I like TikTok I'm, I know I'm old but I like TikTok it's more than just you know teeny bopper content there's you know an entire spectrum of things to be uh, ingested on TikTok but like when the things that you see and you see people talking about and a lot of these videos pop up and you see these you know a lot of women talking about if he's not doing this this and this for you he ain't real he's fake and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. And I feel like people are setting up weird criteria for loyalty now, you know. It used to be you're a loyal person if you were a man of your word, if you were a person of your word. Let's not even make that a gender thing. If you were a person of your word and you carry through with the things that you said. If I say I'm going to do this, I do it, you know. And you're honest and you're true. That was the criteria for being a loyal person, you know. Not allowing somebody to abuse you any way that they see fit. That doesn't make you loyal. That makes you a pet. You know? Interesting, yeah. And uh, I feel like nowadays, there's so many. And the thing is, is that, like, uh, I had this conversation, you know, with one of my daughters. Where it was like, she was talking about, you know, I was, I, I, I will say, she was, she was having a conversation. I've heard what she was saying. And I asked her some questions. And she was talking about, you know, 
a couple of her little, cause she's, you know, she's around, she just turned 13, uh, talking about her friends from school and what they, you know, and, uh, talking about, you know, you know, does, does this person reciprocate? Does this person do this? Does this person do that? You know, they're fake cause they don't do this. And I'm like, that's not, that's not how that works. That is not how that works. You know, you, somebody isn't beholden unto you just because you decide that's the way that it is. You know, a person who, you know, has any sort of empathy, you know, and you, and you care about a person, you're aware of their situation. Sometimes people can't do things, you know, uh, sometimes people can't, you know, I can't be on the phone with you all night. I got homework I got to do. My mother doesn't want me on the phone, whatever the case may be, you know. Uh, but just because they're not able to stay on the phone with you for hours on end, that doesn't mean they're not your friend. Something happened, you know. Uh, you know, uh, the big thing is, is you better answer the phone when I call. You know, sometimes you can't get to your phone. You know, there's all sorts of reasons for things. And sometimes it takes, you know, listening to somebody and seeing reasons and understanding, you know, what's happened with them. True. You know, there are people, you know, I'm not saying that, that every person is genuine and you meet in this world. You know, obviously that's not the case. Right. right. But sometimes you got to listen to a person, you know, and make that decision for yourself. And then if you find, you know, uh, that you don't like the answer that you got. It's not for you to then, you know, try to, you know, beat a person into mental submission to get your way out of them. Right. You know, sometimes you got to just let people ride on the waves, let them go, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I this, this is a subject that's kind of uh, kind of on my heart these days because, of you know, some things I won't get into it because it'll take a lot of time. But, uh, you know, uh, it, people aren't here to serve other people in this life. You know what I'm what saying? Do you mean? Like, 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 there are people who are not placed on this planet to be, uh, you know, to serve other people like that. You know, there, there is not a person that was born to be my servant or to be your servant or be anybody's servant. People make choices on what they're going to do with their time. You know, if a person chooses to be helpful to you, that's for them to decide. It's not for you to tell them this is what you do or you're nothing, you're garbage to me. You know. And it's, that's, 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 I don't know, it's, that's one of these things you see a lot these days, that if people don't get precisely what they want out of you, you're no good to them at all. They don't want no parts of you, you know? Well, the, the reason and that's, why. that's, that's, it's, it's, this, it's, you know, maybe, maybe that's just me that's seeing reasons, a lot of it now. And maybe that's just. Reasons, I think one of the reasons why you're encountering that is because we have this, um, we have this Amazon Prime way of thinking with everything, right? When it comes to relationships, you want to be able to keep scrolling left. Um, when it comes to products, you know, you want to be able to get it fast and in a hurry. When it comes to the news that you consume, you even will even look to views that only fit your own. Stacy, what's going on? So when it comes to relationships, People are looking at TikToks. People are looking at Instagram. And they're seeing, we are spoiled, they're seeing views of relationships, magnified, perfect, amazing views of things that don't exist. Because if anybody on this phone call has been married for any length of time, in a relationship for any length of time, they're tough, right? Just like jobs are tough. Like 
nobody, well, I, mean, I won't say nobody, but there's, with every positive, there's negative. With every negative, there's positive. But so if you're only watching the, the highlights, you know, you don't see Kobe shooting in the gym. You'll cancel people really quickly if they don't meet this perfect mold. And what's going to end up happening, <clears throat> what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a lot of people who are probably going to be single. And I even asked this question off topic, on topic, off topic, on topic. Would you have a baby with somebody just because they were good at sex? Right? Would you actually conceive a child with somebody for the soul, with, with the only thing that connects the two of you is how good the sex is? All right. Is this a question you want an answer to? Yeah, sure. And then I'll put you back on mute and I'll give you the rest of the question. But would you would okay. you get with somebody off that basis alone? Uh, I mean, a whole that's child. a hard standard to, to initiate a relationship. You'd have to have sex with them first to know how good they are at it. No, no, no. But I'm saying, would you have a child with somebody strictly off how good they are at sex? I mean, not no, that's, 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 that's not a, that's, that's, that's not a, that's not a criteria for a good parent. Now I may get somebody pregnant. You know what right. I'm saying? Well, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. So nobody would, most people would not pick somebody as far as, I'm sorry, they would not have a whole child with somebody just off the basis of sex, right? But then the next question is, well, if you want to get into a long-term relationship with somebody, what type of characteristics would you want them to have? Rad, you can answer this one and I'll keep going. What characteristics would you want somebody to have if you were looking for a wife or a significant other? Uh, if I'm going to be honest with you, uh, that change, that, that, that answer changed over the course of my life. Okay. At this point in the game... Right now, at this point in the game, the thing that that will keep me with a person mm -hmm. is do like do 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 they do I feel genuine, sincere love from them? Okay, you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. do I actually feel like this person loves me? Do they feel? Do I feel like my life is complimentary to theirs? Do I feel like you know? Uh, do I, am am I good for them? Not are they good for me? Am I good for them? Because the no, thing is, no, is that you know, responsibility, things like that. Oh, that's part of it, though. That's I mean, that's you know, like like uh, if I if you're good for somebody, you know, your lives quality your quality of your life tends to improve if you two are a good team together. You know, mm -hmm. you tend to you know you you go you communicate well when it comes to bills. You have kind of similar work ethic. You know, you respect each other's hustle. If one of you trips, the other one runs twice as hard to make sure you stay at a level. You know, and it's one of those things that happens and like it's unspoken. Wondering, you know, yeah. wondering woman said, are they interesting, smart, dependable, and responsible? Right. Now I'm phrasing it this way for a certain reason. The first question: Would you have would you have a baby with somebody because of sex? And then the next question is, well, what characteristics are you looking for or would you look for in a potential spouse? The interesting part is when I say, when I ask people those two questions, the first question, the answer is always no. 
And then the second one is smart, dependable. You know, can I trust them? No one ever brings up fun. No one ever brings up how good they are in the sack. 